The Redcast Podcast. It is the Redcast Podcast. I thought this was going to be a bad podcast, to be honest, just slagging everything off. I mean, it might be, but it's a bit better, isn't it? I'm joined by Dean. It's a bit better. A bit better. What do you think? I don't think it's a bit better. I don't, because, like, <clears throat> at the end of the day, right, Matty, is that, like, all right, they, they, saw, they called it off, they're not going to do it. Great. But the intention was there. Do you know what I mean? And they went that far. They, yeah. Like, they went, as, they went as far as making a logo, making a website, coming out and announcing it. Now, you don't... Everyone says it's a power play. You don't go that far without knowing what your legal rights are and who you're going to piss off. Like, I, I just still sh- I'm just still shocked you went that far. Do you know what I mean? How much I, can I they get I, wrong? Like, because it's not the first time they got things wrong and we always... Like, you've, like, you've done a blog about it and it says like, we've turned a blind eye to things and that because we've been mm. winning. But this is just so much more serious, isn't it? Like, we, we couldn't have took a blind eye to it. I think the fact we t- we we taken a blind we turned a blind eye to a lot is the reason that they thought they could get away with it. Like I I, I honestly think that they thought that they could do this, and and they take I want to say they take this for granted. I don't think they have. I just don't think they give a fuck. Like I just think that they they'd have done it, knowing full well that if they'd have forced it to do, everyone would have went anyway. Because let's face it, they would have. People are that desperate to get back in grounds that. You go and watch Liverpool play fucking Exeter City every week for the rest of the year if you had to. Yeah. Everyone's that desperate. And on top of that, I, I like at the end of the day, we don't. It would have been made at the first game, but people have paid a lot of money for season tickets for next season already. Yeah, there's no way to give them season tickets back. And this is this is part of the problem. This is why I said in the blog that we are as complicit as Sky and UEFA and as FIFA and the Premier League and the media. With the fans are just as bad, and everyone everyone's turned around the place, and the fans are right. You saw because we put, like, the fans put up a massive fight on social media. What happened at Ellen Road and the Stanford Bridge last night was admirable, but at the same time, like for so long, we've allowed them to get away with this shit. We're charging seventy-seven pounds for match tickets. We're putting tickets up to astronomical prices. With moving us around Anfield, moving season tickets around Anfield, so they're not sitting with people to. Going to cup finals, knowing we're only getting a 10,000-seat allocation in a 60,000-seat stadium. And we all fucking went along with it. We all paid the money. I paid 150... Sorry, can't speak, I'm not angry. <laughs> I paid £150 for my ticket to Madrid. £150. And I got the lower-end tickets. There was lads there that paid £450 for the ticket in behind the goal in a 10,000-seat allocation. And we all fucking did it. We're all just as bad. We all allowed it. And if you allow it, you can donate. And if you can donate, they will do it again and again and again. And this is the point I made in the blog is that we can't allow this to happen anymore. We cannot allow these clubs to do shit like this, to play fast and loose with our clubs. Our clubs are not theirs. They fund them. They buy them. Brilliant. We welcome your investments. We welcome your input and we welcome your guidance. But when you start playing with the club's future so that you can earn a quick buck, so that it benefits nobody but you, so it's not on your pocket, it's on your dime, you bought our history and you're willing to change and rewrite our history so that you could make money 
That is not right. It's not fair. And we, only us, because you fight for people in UEFA and not do anything about it, only us can do something about it. It's on us this time. But with, like, with UEFA, like you just said, they're there. Their tickets and everything about your wife is corrupt as fuck. So it was that it was frustrating in that sense as well, weren't it? Seeing them coming out, calling them for all sorts, and you don't know who to believe really, because it's like, well, they they're corrupt from the off because they got Perez, your wife are corrupt anyway. And your head's just chocolate with it, and it's just like, what's gonna happen? And did you honestly yeah. think we would have got kicked out of the league? I I, I, I wouldn't blame them if they did. I hope they do. And it sounds it sounds like I'm turning my back on, on my club, but I am because they t- they turn their back on us. So yeah. and it, and everyone, I, I don't agree with people turning around saying you're only punishing the fans and the players. Well, by proxy, yeah, but who, how fucking else are you going to punish them? What are you going to do? Like you can find them as much money as you want. They have a bottomless pit of money. They they always they'll be absolutely fine. Look at City. City got fined ten million pound last year for breaching FFP. That's nothing to them. That's yeah. pocket money. They find that down the back of the couch. Do you know what I mean? That's fucking nothing. You can find Liverpool. Liverpool can come out and cry poverty as much as they want. They're not. They've got... You can't tell me Liverpool have got no money in the bank after the couple of years we've just had. With the prize money we brought in, with the players we've sold and made money off. We bought no players last summer, but we sold players. We bought no players the summer before. Sell a lie. We, we bought... Set Vanderberg for £1.3 million. We got Adrian on a free. But We've been Jota as well, hasn't we, and Thiago? And you can't sit there and tell us that they, they have no money. With the prize money they brought in, with the broadcast rights deals they get, with the players they sell, with the match day revenue. All right, you've missed out on match day revenue this season, but with the match day revenue from the Champions League, from the Premier League, from the season before, winning the Premier League last season, you can't sit there and cry fucking poverty because they're insulting our intelligence when they do that. So there's a bottomless pit of money there. The only way you can punish these clubs is by relegating them. And it seems extreme, Matty, but it's, <laughs> I honestly think they need bringing down a peg or two. These owners need bringing down. They need to know that they don't hold all the cards. They are yeah. not in charge. You sign up to a league, you sign up to a regulator, and when you break that regulator's rules, you have to suffer the consequences. Liverpool, Man United, Manchester City, Tottenham Hotspur, Arsenal, Chelsea, all have to suffer those consequences as badly as one of them. It's the only thing that pisses me off is that it seems like Liverpool and Man United seems to be getting a rougher ride and that it seems like Chelsea and Spurs and Arsenal and City, everyone's turning around and saying like, oh, they were dragged along, they only came along because they thought they'd get left behind. Get to fuck, they're all as bad as each other. Most of them are Americans they- as well, aren't they? So... Say again, sorry. Most Lord. of them are Americans, aren't they? Most yeah, of the owners. That, 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 yeah, maybe that is what maybe it is because they're Americans. Maybe it is. But to be fair, Spears are American owned. Daniel Levy calls the shots. He's just the chairman. He doesn't own Spears. Spears yeah. owned by an American fella called Joe Lewis. Why aren't they getting dragged through the mire? Why aren't City getting dragged through the mire? They have, they agreed. They were in it. Chelsea were in it. Arsenal were in it. Because Arsenal apologised. It's sad because because Chelsea backed out first because Chelsea did it and shit themselves. It's sad because City were the next to back out. It's sad, but Liverpool and United deserve worse punishments than all those clubs, even though they were all in it together. It's absolute bollocks. The only punishing 
just as harsh as each other. And I'm not this. I'm not trying to make this a tribal thing. It's just that Liverpool and United seem to get in a harsher deal. Everyone should have just as harsh a deal because they were all in it together. It would be interesting, wouldn't it, to relegate us all? Only three teams come up a season. Who comes up first? <laughs> be interesting, wouldn't it, make Exactly, it's an arms race. And maybe if you do relegate us, it punishes the teams below us because we will have an, a monopoly on whatever leagues we go in. Liverpool, United, going, if all six teams, let's say, go into the conference, all those six teams are going to rinse the conference. Do you know what I mean? And then who would you take out of the conference? Well, you'd probably move everyone up, I suppose. But we, ju- we like, can you imagine Liverpool going and playing fucking Weymouth <laughs> or going down to Kings Lynn or Man United welcoming the fucking mighty Sutton United? The Premier won't do it, they will, because if they take us out the league, what is the Premier League without us? So the the owners ultimately do have power in that sense, because if they them six are together, the Premier League without them six clubs is is not the Premier League, is it? Not the no, best. but they think, but they think that as well, Matty. And this is this is the mentality we need to get away from: is that everyone seems to think that the Premier League needs these six clubs, and we need to realise that we can't think that way, even if that is the truth. We can't allow them to know that, or we can't allow them to think that, because they think they hold all the cards. And this is like, this will come back. This will come back around. This will happen again. And this European Super League bollocks version one hasn't worked out, but version one point one will be back soon. And version one point one might be a little bit better looking. It might look like they're gonna allow more teams in. They might say, oh, instead of inviting five teams will allow 10 teams to qualify and we'll go back to the Champions League original format of group stages. But those 12 teams, the root of that competition, the core, stay. They are in every year. We'll allow, let's say, 16 teams to qualify and we'll have an original Champions League format. Well, no, it's still the exact same principle. It's still 12 clubs rinsing everybody else and cancelling out everyone else and doing the classic Tory, push, 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 gimme, 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 take, take, take. Do you know what I mean? They're still pushing everyone away and widening that gap. It's still one out of the cake and eat it and play in the, in, the, in the Premier League. It can't happen again. We can't allow these owners, and it's not the clubs, it's the owners. We can't allow them to think that they can get away with doing this shit, with putting this on us, with putting us and the rest of this country and the rest of the continent the rest of the sport worldwide, because that's what makes this sport brilliant. That's why it's different. And people might like the American system, and that's absolutely fine. They'll go and watch American sports. They can go and watch the MLS. They can go and watch the NFL. That's great. That's the alternative. But it's just the alternative. It's not the norm. And they can't come in and make this the norm, because it's not right. It's not right in this country where the underdog can rise up, where the Leicester City can win the league where a Brighton can go to Stamford Bridge on a Tuesday night and get a 0-0 draw, which seals, which seals their safety. They can't, they can't do that. And they have, to be let, they have to be made aware that they can't do that. So they have to suffer whatever punishments come in their way. Now, as you said, and I am sorry to rant. I really right. am, because I, I know you've probably got strong views on this as well. But I've, 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 I've just fucking took off here like a rocket. Um, <laughs> The, the, as you said, they will get relegated to whatever league they got relega- get relegated to. And as they've made us all aware, three into six in this case, because three teams get promoted, 
three into six doesn't go. So three teams are going to be left behind for the season at least. At least. Now, let's say they go in the conference where only two teams get brought up. Which two? Do you know what I mean? And all even the players, it go as well, though, wouldn't they? Say again, sorry. All the players, it get off, though, wouldn't they? So it wouldn't even be... It wouldn't be the big six because all them players wouldn't go and get relegated that far down. No, exactly. Can you imagine City taking fucking Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> to the conference and Van Dijk not rocking up in the conference? It wouldn't <laughs> happen. Do you know what I mean? They'd, they'd, of course they'd leave. And we and do you know what? We'd have to sell them because the prize money is the same. I think the prize money in the conference is something like, if you get promoted, it's less than a million pounds. It's something like £200,000 if you get promoted to the Football League. But with that comes higher TV deals for the Football League coverage. So can you imagine the people getting promoted from the conference and getting 200 grand prize money? <laughs> That's not even Peter Van Dyke's one week's wages. Yeah. So we'd have to sell those club players because but as me, I know I've just sat here and said they've got a bottomless pit of money. They're not going to invest it. They're not going to put it into us. And financial fair play dictates that they can't anyway put invest in, personal investments in. So they would have to sell the likes of Van Dyke, Mane, Salah, Firmino. They'd all go anyway and be probably stuck with the fucking under-21s or under-18s. You'd still back them to get promoted, but, it, it, you know, all them players would fuck off. And that, But that's, again, that's the punishment they have to, they have to suffer now. Was you disappointed with the players though? And I made up with the players; and it's not their fault. But I mean, Henderson and that came out, and has been loads on Twitter about it. But then I was disappointed that they didn't wear them t-shirts with Leeds. Why they didn't stand as one? Because it was like yeah. they obviously did have strong views, and that would have been a massive statement for the players. I mean, I know Henderson was the one who rallied the captains together, but if they would have put them t-shirts on, it would have been a huge statement. It was a big like fuck you to the owners. And you've already done a fuck you to the owners, so it wouldn't have been any difference anyway, would it? No, no. I agree. I, I understand with the t-shirts. I think it's a bit of an empty gesture, like myself. Like, I think it was just they, they turned, we've been stung with the fucking t-shirts thing in the past, haven't we? But like, <laughs> I think, to be fair, like, the players on the day of the game, they were a bit like rabbits in the headlights. And Klopp, they knew, yeah. they, got, they got fed to the wolves, they knew they were turning up on what was coming their way. So I think the player, and this is your personal opinion, I have no basis for what I'm about to say, but I think he turned up and, and went straight on the defensive, I mean Klopp went straight on the defensive and started picking, you know, taking shots at Gary Neville and I don't think that was anything other than Klopp felt he was going to get bombarded with questions and he felt he was going to have to defend the indefensible and the best form of defence for him was attack yeah. and I felt like the players felt the same way with the t-shirts, they felt like those t-shirts were put in the dressing room to get at them that's what it come across, I think, in interviews with Klopp. He yeah. said to himself that he walked in the T-shirts were there. And I think that they felt the T-shirts were put there as a message to them, as opposed to them being part of the message. Yeah, so I, I think I think them not wearing the T-shirts was a huge fuck you to the rest of the league, even though it was apparent after the game, before the game, that they, they, were, not a, they were not for it at all. Now, I had this conversation yesterday with my boss and work about, well, we had it on Twitter, actually, about Jordan Henderson because I was I thought he did he, he was fantastic. I he rallied, as you said he rallied the troops, he organised, he mobilised the rest of the captains and sort of unionised them in a way um, on Twitter. Um, and I think that him doing that um, was was a commendable thing. Um, but at the same time, just get that off. Sorry. At the, at the same time, I can understand why people think that that was too slow 
if you get me. Yeah. Like, it was the day after. Do you know what I mean? It was the day after it all came out and it was his club. And I can understand why people think that that wasn't quick enough. But put yourself in their shoes. They're taking a risk. They're going against their employer publicly and yeah. telling their, their, their employer that they don't want something that their employer is going to make them do. They're refusing to work, essentially. Yeah. That, that's how it could be construed. Now, you can't blame them at all for sleeping on it, looking at it the next day through fresh eyes in the cold light of day with a cool head, taking some advice on it from the PFA, from legal representation, seeing what their rights are to get the message across that they don't agree with it, but at the same time, not cost themselves their jobs yeah. or not cost themselves a week's wages or not make themselves look unprofessional, which is probably worse than all of that, to be fair, so football, because you've got enough money to, to, go, to pay for all that. So I think, to be fair to Jordan Anderson, I think people need to have a little bit of empathy for the position that these players were in. And, but, you know, on the back of that, the message he put out was simple. And it, it was effective, weren't it? There was no emotion in it. It was just, we're not for this. We are fully for the club, but we're not for this. Yeah, I mean, there was uproar last night with that statement. It was a joke. It was like 47 characters or something. Um, and I, at least Arsenal apologised. But then I woke up this morning and seen John Henry's video. Um, but for me, it just felt as though it was... He felt as though he had to do it. It's not something he wanted to do. If that makes sense? Yes, absolutely. I absolutely agree. He... He did that. Like, I've got a couple of points on this, surprisingly. <laughs> um, he, first of all, there's no way he does that without the uproar on Twitter about how shit that statement was. Yeah. That's, that statement, to me, stunk of bitterness. Now, we know full well what they were calling us. We were legacy fans, okay? We were the ones, the old traditionists who you know, like, it, like it the way we are. They made us out to be our curmudgeons who were spoiling all the fun. Do you know what I mean? We were stopping yeah. progress. We were stopping the game from moving forward. And for that, we were going to cause these clubs to go bankrupt. That's what they thought. That's what they meant when they called us legacy fans. That's what they meant when they were saying they were going after the 16 to 24 demographic. And that's exactly what they meant when he said they were going to shorten games down to suit that demographic. Now, that statement last night, where there was no mention of the fans, there was no apology, there was no acknowledgement of what they'd done. There was just relieving after take advice from people. Didn't say who those people were. He just said stakeholders. It was, again, a closed shop. It was closing ranks around themselves. It was, well, now we're going to have to fucking leave because no one wants it. Yeah. Everyone's fuming, so you know, so we'll have to leave. That's, that's the feeling I got out of it. And maybe I'm being cynical and maybe I'm reading into it and maybe I'm just being a bitch. Do you know what I mean? No, but I completely agree with you. That's the feeling I took from it. Now, there was murder over it because he never apologised. We wake up this morning, there's a video apology. Now, in every way, I don't see this is the thing. Usually, you look at an apology like that and go, oh, he's sincere, he's took the blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe a word he says now. And to me, he sits there and he puts it all on him because he knows that that's what the fans are doing. But he's not, FSG is not one man. Yeah, it isn't. Them, isn't it? It's a yeah, it's a board of people. So for him to sit there and take the blame and apologise to Billy Hogan, who's the CEO, who's probably fucking in on it, is another insult to our intelligence. Another insult, another fucking slap across the face. The only person he didn't mention it, was Michael Edwards, weren't he? Didn't mention yeah, the only person didn't mention, yeah, he didn't mention Michael Edwards. 
and whatever I don't know what his feelings are. Maybe there might be more into that. Maybe we're just reading a bit too much into it. Yeah. He, he's just he's a director of football. He doesn't have to front any. No one sees him. His job isn't in the boardroom. Maybe maybe he do, doesn't feel like he has to apologise. Michael, we don't know. Maybe he thinks Michael Edwards is a cunt. Who knows? But he, he sat there and he apologised and took it all on him. And maybe I'm being a bit of a twat, but it, it just it wasn't. It didn't seem sincere to me. It, it didn't. It, it was too dramatic. It was too. He seemed. He seemed like he was getting too emotional. Maybe he was getting emotional, but to me, it looked like he was trying to turn on waterworks and he was trying to come across too sincere. And it looked fake. It looked plastic. It looked exactly what he's shown himself to be, which is a, a liar. He sits there and he apologizes and he says it's all on him and he expects us to think that he went behind the back of a board of directors who all have to vote on something like this because it affects them all. That's how business works. That's how PLCs work. You cannot do something without the approval of a board. He's insulting our intelligence. He's lying to our face, and he thinks we're soft. Now, we can't, now that is exactly why I've, I'm completely turned against him. And he's not the only one. Perez did it on Sunday night when he tells us flat out that these clubs can't back out. They've all signed contracts on Saturday. But we're now here we are, 24 hours later, six clubs have left and no repercussions. He tells us that Real Madrid are bankrupt. There's no money. They're going to be dead by 2024. But today they've signed David Alaba till 2026 <laughs> on wages well over 100 grand a week. Free transfer, granted. But wages well over 100 grand a week. Yeah. He tells us that what was the other thing he fucking lied about? He tells us that PSG, Bayern and Dortmund haven't been invited, yet we have written documentation saying that PSG have 14 days to accept the, the invitation, that Bayern and Dortmund have 30 days to accept the invitation. They're liars. They are proven, bona fide, bare-faced, pathological liars. And we can't let these people get away with this shit anymore, lying to our faces, taking the future of our club in their hands. Can't happen no more. So it's fair to say then, you, you're FSG out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 do, you know what, do you know what's, do you know what's more devastating about it, Matty, right, is that like, I was firmly FSG in. Yeah. Firmly. And, I, and we, we all saw the FSG out brigade. And to be fair, if we admitted to ourselves, we made some decent points. Do you know what I mean? We, we laughed at them. Because we were successful, yeah. and again, I, I don't want to keep, I don't want to do this self-promotion thing. But going back to the blog I wrote last night, it's just we laughed at them because we were doing well, and we turned a blind eye to everything because we were successful. We bought no players, but that was sound because we had a winning team. FSG have got no money. Well, now they're saying they haven't got any money, and they what they tried to make the Super League, so maybe they don't have any fucking money. Maybe they're just really greedy and want more money than what they've got. Yeah. But at the same time, now it feels like it feels like my mom's cheated on me, dad. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Your mum, and I say your mom very specifically, right? Your mum's always the rock. She's always the one that holds the family together. She's not perfect. But if something's ever wrong in your life, you always go back to your mum. You do. Yeah. But now, out of the blue, she's got a new fella. Behind everyone's back, she's been seeing this new fella. And... She's moving in with this new fella and she's fucking you and your family off. 
She doesn't want really anything to do with you. She's going to take you anyway for the money because she'll get benefits for you. So she's going to take you. And by the way, you're changing your last name to this fella's name. Yeah. That's how it feels. That's how I feel. I feel like he's turned her back on us and betrayed us and stabbed us. He told us one thing, he turned us around, stabbed us in our back. He's completely betrayed us. And, he just, and this is why I'm FSG out. And I can't believe another word he said. We've let too much slide. We've let the £77 ticket slide. He needs to start being held to account for it. He can do U-turns all he wants. He can't U-turn from this. He can't apologise from this for what, for how far they were willing to go. For me, though, I just don't think they sell us because they've got that stand getting built soon, Eddie uh, Annie Road, and getting extended. They value us at, what, £2 billion? <laughs> Who's got a spare £2 billion laying around in the bank to come and buy the pool football club who isn't as corrupt as them who were in it for the money? The only people are people maybe like the Saudis with oil money, but then their morals probably go against everything that pull stands for, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like what what do you do, lad? I mean, if someone comes up to you like said I want to buy your car, what you what are you gonna say to them? What you say? Nah. Nah, don't wanna sell me car. Yeah. <laughs> car. I don't wanna sell it. I get gets me from me to be. Now, say someone comes up to them and goes I've got half a billion here. I want to buy your club. He's going, no, don't want to, don't want to sell me club. Why not? Because I'm getting loads of money out of this club. Yeah. And it pays for me to buy more clubs. And it pays for me to go on my holidays. And it pays for me massive, me massive house. And it pays for me to pay for the Red Sox. So at the end of the day, we are at the whims of, of FSG. We can't force them out. Say, and, and, and people... I think this is a common misnomer about the Hicks and Gillette thing. We didn't force Hicks and Gillette out. They didn't have the money to keep us, so they had to sell. Yeah. Right. Like, all right. We kicked up a fuss. We made life difficult for them. They got sold by the bank, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. got the, the club got repossessed because he didn't have the money to, money to withhold us, and they had to sell in the end. We were sold by Royal Bank of Scotland. Yeah. We weren't fucking. We weren't sold by Hicks and Gillette. They, had, they were adamant that they had the money, but RBS said they didn't, and they owed them money, so they repossessed the club, brought us in their own board and their own chair. So for as much as we like to think that we forced effort, we forced, we forced Hicks and Gillette out, we didn't force Hicks and Gillette out. We had a part to play, but they never sold. We weren't the primary reason. Now, FSG have the money. They have no reason to sell Liverpool. They're pretty comfortable financially. They've got loads of money coming in. The sports ventures group, they have no reason to sell Liverpool. So we can keep up this time, it's completely different. We have we can kick up as much fuss as we want. We can't we can't be sold if they don't want to sell us. The only thing we can do is try and try and campaign for some kind of legislature to try and campaign to get some kind of laws passed where the club is a compulsory purchase to the government and it goes to fans or it's bought by a British businessman or it's bought by the government and owned centrally by the government as a heritage of some sort and the only people on the board are proven businessmen, British businessmen, which is likely now because of Brexit, they'll probably give it to British businessmen to prove a point and we have some kind of mandatory fan representation. Now, I'm literally just spit, but that's all I have on this. I'm literally just, just spitballing an idea around. But it, I, I honestly think it's 
probably the only way that we can get rid of foreign ownership in this country, namely FSG in our case. But obviously the Glazers are worse from yes. what we've heard. Abramovich is immoral. We have oil money in this country, which is immoral and inhumane. Stan Kroenke is is a, a, a knobhead. <laughs> we, the only way we can get rid of them is is by government intervention, it seems, because you can't strip someone of their property if they don't want to sell it. I know, and I think what people need to realise with FSG, what's different as well, is United have been fighting the Glazers for, oh, 10 years, haven't they? And they still haven't sold them, because that FSG can be the same. Why would they sell it? they got that massive kit deal with Nike. Um, they've got Red Bird, who's probably invest, who's invested now, and there's probably a clause saying they can't sell Liverpool for a certain amount of time. So they were oh, LeBron James and that one, obviously, you can see the assets rising as the club's getting bigger. They aren't going to want to sell us. So it's not just John Henry who, need, who you need to try and be persuaded to sell, is it? It's John Henry, Tom Werner, um, Bill, Be- Bill Bean, is it? Just Dennis LeBron James. It's all these people. And I think people think that if we just have a little protest again, they're going to go. And I think it's going to be a lot harder than that. It's, they sell when they want to sell, like you said. Yeah, they've got the money to keep us. They don't need to sell. They're in no rush. As I said, Hickson's let had to sell. They had no money. These have got the money to to keep over as long as they want. And it's a good point you made about the Glazers, to be fair, because if you remember on Monday Night Football, Gary Neville discussing the Glazers and saying they're steel. They've been, they've been, they've faced fan backlash before, and they're still there. They've been there fifteen years and they're not moving. You won't move because it's a cash cow for them. Yeah, they, they channel the money through that, don't they? For the Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, they just won the Super Bowl and got Tom Brady in that, but they channel, funneled the money basically through United to improve the NFL yeah. team, ultimately. Because because the, the team was bought on a leverage buyout the same way Hicks and Gillette bought us, yeah. which is all loans. And you need to pay back those loans. So the only way to pay back the loans is to asset strip the club. The, the club's paying its own loans back. It's paying for its own, its own purchase. So... While they may be in a position and at some point might have to sell the minute, not really because that club is continuously making money. It continuously gets into Europe every season. Or there's assets there. And that's the only reason they invest in the playing squad, really, is it's sort of like collateral for them. If shit goes tits up, you can always sell Bonnie van der Beek back to someone for what you paid, £40 million. You yeah. can always sell Paul Pogba to a Real Madrid. You can always sell um, Harry Maguire Maybe not get eighty five million for him, but you'll get a good little penny for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they have to be in the Champions League every every year, which is why they've gone through so many managers because it looks unlikely. But at the same time, they sat there in the past and dealt with fan protests and shit being thrown at them, and they've just sat there and suck it because they're miles away. They're not dealing with it. They're not there, so they're not asked. Well, that and, fellow who put his name I, on the statement, that Joe Glazer, he's only ever done one. TV interview ever, like he's never. Uh, he's um, Gary Neville said on Monday Night Football, didn't he? That the minute he seen his name on it, he knew it was serious. Yeah, and and right, uh, rightly so. When I didn't even know it was Joe Glazer, that was the shit that owned Man United. Yeah, I knew there was a Glazer family, and and I knew Malcolm Glazer died a few years ago, but pff, I didn't even know it was him that that was heading it up. I know he's got a few other brothers. Didn't yeah. know it was that one, but to be fair. As Gary Neville said, it was serious at that point, but they faced all this before. They'll just sit there and take it because they're miles away. And I have a feeling now that with that apology this morning, John Henry does not understand the anger that is towards him in, in this city now among our fan base. 
he doesn't understand fully what he's done. And I honestly think he will have the brass neck to turn up as often as possible to show that. He, and he'll do it as a PR stunt to show, oh, we're all together. We're all, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I am for you. I'm trying to say, do the best with this club. He'll come to as many games as he can. I thought the opposite, mate. Say again, sorry. I thought the opposite. I thought he'd stay away. Out of fear, because he knows the fans are fuming. Well, I, well this, is the, this is what will happen eventually, is that at some point, the vitriol will become too much and the penny will drop that he's not wanted. And that's, we have to keep that up. This is the point now, is that a lot of people saying, yeah, it starts now and it can't end. This is one of the things, this is part of it, is that we have to keep that up. We have to let him know he's not wanted, he's not welcome. And he can't come back, he can't show his face at Anfield again. We have to basically... Do you remember the story about um, Tom Hicks' son walking into the sand and getting spat at? Yeah. Something like that, has, it sounds disgusting. Something like that has to happen again. We have to take that much drastic action. He can't, he can't be welcome. And I think if that happens, he will fuck off back to Boston and he'll stay there and we won't see him again. And I, another thing, I know I'm going off, I'm going off on another tangent here. Another thing that people are underestimating is everyone seems to think that if we piss off FSG too much, they'll cut the funding, they'll stop paying for things. No, that, you completely misunderstand business if that's what you think. It's going to keep funding us because it's appreciation. The assets going up, in it? The more we do well. Exactly. They'll keep, they'll keep investing. Now, just because we don't like them, you can't say that they'll fuck off and stay away if we don't like them, but they'll stop our funding. That one, it defeats one basically outweighs the other. One cancels out the other. They'll fuck off. They'll sit over there and they'll fund us and they'll give us the money because we're still the cash cow and they'll still milk that cow until the milk runs dry. And that's exactly what will happen. They will not sell us until we stop. We start underperforming. And maybe at some point, maybe if we do stop qualifying for Europe, we get to the point where we were under Hodgson in the back end of Dalglish, where we have a good couple of years outside of the European places and we start losing money. Maybe then, maybe then, they'll look to cash in. But I honestly think we're a long-term investing for them. And they've seen how well we can do. And while, they, while that's in their memory, how well we can do, they'll always keep us because the potential for profit is always there while this these fans do this and while we have the potential to go as far as we can. Well, he's always said, hasn't he, it's a long-term project. He come, in that <clears throat> video, he even said, still a long-term goal. So for him, I don't think he, I honestly don't think he'll sell us anytime soon because also who can, no one can afford us as well. No. So uh, no. Who's going to buy Liverpool? Who's, and he's not going to give people. I, there's been talk of a 50 plus one like there is in Germany. As much as I appreciate that German model, it physically couldn't. What businessman who owns a football club in England is going to say to the fans, you hear you can have 51% of my club for nothing? Because not, not the fans. So have 50% of Liverpool, it's going to cost you a billion pounds. None of the fans have got that to so have the 50% model. No, he basically has to give away half the club for that. Yeah. So he basically has to give away half the club or he can try and fleece it to us. And as you said, he's gonna wait. Us, the fans, between us, however many million of us around the world, are gonna have to raise a billion pounds. It's fucking just. It's not doable. Even with two hundred, I don't know how many million people there is in the world that support Liverpool. I probably guess around fifty to one hundred million people worldwide. I, 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 it's physically impossible. If we, even if we all donate to the tenner each, do you know what I mean? Pay a tenner, you get your membership. That makes you what in 
Madrid, what in Spain they call a socio, and you're allowed to vote for a president. But then, like, that, as you said, that model doesn't work over here. The German model doesn't work over here because it's a completely different economic system. They have a very, they're much more left-leaning in Germany than what we are over here. Over here, we are very much a right-leaning capitalist economy. It's much more of a free market, whereas in Germany, it's not. It's much more, it's much more socialist in a way. It's not, yeah. I, 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 maybe socialist is the wrong word, maybe it's too extreme a word, but it is, in, it's, it's more so than here. So we can't really do that. Can't, it's, it's impossible, it wouldn't work. And at the same time, as you, we we can't raise the money. Like it, he's not going to give away half his club, and this is why it has to be government legislature. It has to come in under government's enforcement. Like we can't, and I don't know how they do it. And I imagine with with the pandemic and the way the economy is, it's it's basically the last thing on their agenda to buy football clubs. But it probably will cost the government. But it'd be worth it because we'd be seen as, as a heritage institution. And that, to be fair, Matty, that's what these clubs are. Yeah. They are the history. They, they're, not, they're not just places to go on a Saturday where you can have a little bit of recreational fun and, and you can watch your team and then you go out. You know, you don't wear no bloody hell. You go, you go home, you have your fish and shit, you have your pints and you fuck off home and you forget <laughs> about it. It's not as simple as that. What these clubs are are basically museums. Anfield's been around for hundreds years. 140 years, something like that, since Everton were, were born. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For Old Trafford, Old Trafford's been around for nearly 100 years. And uh, like we have some newer stadiums, like like Arsenal's, the, the Emirates, and the Etihad, and whatever else, you know, and the Spurs, and they're great stadiums. They're, they're fucking architectural marvels. And they will eventually have their own history. In 20, 30 years' time, they will be museums. Yeah. But you know, right now, right now they're not, but eventually they will be. But that's how we have to treat football clubs. They are part of the culture of this country. They're part of the culture. Liverpool and Everton are part of the fabric of this city. You go abroad. You ask you ask someone abroad to give you three things you know about Liverpool. You say the Beatles, Liverpool and Everton. That's yeah. what they relate this city to. Without Liverpool and Everton in this city, what the fuck are we? Half crumbles, doesn't it? It does. And it brings so much money to the city. The tourism brings so much money to the city. So a part of the economy of the city, as well as the culture of the city, as well as a landmark in the city, these clubs are not just businesses. To these men, we are a business. We're not. To the people of the city, and it sounds cheesy, to the people of the city, these clubs are everything. There's, there's hardly anyone in Liverpool who isn't a football fan. Yeah. And they're either red, or they're blue. You don't support anyone outside this outside the city. So try telling us that the clubs are businesses and like any business can fold like that. Or like any business, if you don't like what's going on, you go and find another business to take your custom to. Yeah. For as much as I admire everything everything Everton do and everything they've done over the past forty eight hours, and I think that they really are a club. I shouldn't say it on the Bill podcast, but they're a club that everyone should aspire to be for yeah. the work to do off the pitch. They're a club that we should all look up to in that sense. And for everything they do, you would never fucking catch me in Goodson in a blue shirt. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to happen. not as easy as if you don't like it, fuck off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy as that. While all this went on, though, your wife has sneaked through 
the new Champions League format, which to me is basically the Super League anyway, just on a lower scale. There's more money in it. There's teams can qualify based on the UEFA coefficients if they don't get top four. So if we could finish 10th one year, because we've got a good UEFA coefficient rating, we could qualify for the Champions League. Yeah, it's, it's a joke, it, isn't it? Absolutely. It's it's the Super League with two major differences. So, first of all, there's more teams. So, the Super League had 20. This has got 36. Secondly, there's only two teams that automatically qualify, and it's different teams every year, possibly. But two yeah. teams still automatically qualify, even when they don't deserve it. So, in a sense, it's a close, it's a close shop, isn't it? Yeah. It's exactly what we've been saying to Super League in the past however many days. It's just that there's less teams that automatically qualify and more teams in the competition overall. Now, just because the numbers differ doesn't mean that the principle is different. The principle is the exact same. And UEFA can sit there and pontificate about how terrible these clubs are and how Seferin thinks that he's sitting all among snakes and he did, he couldn't see it and that they're all liars and, and they're all whatever. They're, they're, they're fucking liars as well. They're just as bad. Yeah. And when I said before that the fans are complicit, they're worse than us. And, and when I said the fans are complacent, I, I obviously mean on the lowest possible level. What is going on, Reds? Today's podcast is proudly supported by the legends over at Manscaped.com. These are the best in male below-the-waist grooming. And let me tell you, they are unbelievable. I used to use an old face trimmer to do me balls. And the amount of times I'd snag myself, I'd cut myself, and it'd just look like a mess when it was done. But Manscaped, they don't have none of that. Oh, no, no. They have got a brand new lawnmower 3.0 with a 7 thousand rpm motor right it's got 90 minutes runtime and the best feature about it all it's waterproof you haven't got to shave your balls anymore and then try and clean it up and put it all in the bin you stand in your shower you have your shower on and you just shave away all your hairs go down the plug hole with the water it's just so easy. And then when you get out, you put some ball deodorant on, put some ball toner on, and you know what? Your balls smell heavy. It's nearly summer. You don't want a smelly gooch now, do you? You can get 20% off and free shipping with my discount code REDS. That's 20% off and free shipping with discount code REDS. You know your balls will thank you. Now let's get into the podcast. Right, I'm, in, I'm inside. I've moved. Oh. <laughs> you can't sit there and pontificate about how terrible all these clubs are when they're just as bad he's the biggest snake in the room Seferin and we have to remember that maybe this is one thing the fans can change maybe this is one bit of policy that if we sh- if we show that we can't like, if we show we're not happy with it we might get it turned around but we have to be vitriolic about it and we have to be serious about it and we have to act extreme for this to happen Sky and BT what pissed me off about them and Gary Neville and that was trying to take them on the high ground Gary Neville's bankrolled his team through the National League. Now, you're involved in grassroots yourself. It's like someone bankrolling your team to get you through the divisions in it. That's what he's basically done with his millionaire mates. And then Sky, I'd say, are responsible for most of the money in English football because they're the ones who, in 92, created the Premier League, put all the money into it. It's like, wow, look at us. And now that's what's ruining the game, isn't it? Money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gary, Gary Neville's probably worse, to be fair, because you could argue you could argue that the Premier League has been good for football in this country yeah. because it has brought in a lot of money and right, maybe not as much of that money has seeped down as it should do. It has been a model for market and football, which the FA has adopted, which the EFL has adopted. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. shown, it's sort of led the way. 
And maybe, all right, I'm not advocating what they've done at all because what the, what 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 happened was immoral. It was similar to this, the way it came about. It's just that instead of, instead of Man City, it was Everton yeah. at the time. So it was immoral the way it came about and it is immoral the way it works to this day with the big clubs getting bigger money and none of that trickling down to the smaller clubs in the lo- in, in the EFL all into the conference. That is wrong. However, the EFL have adopted that model and to be fair, for all the clubs, the money these clubs get, for example, Everton in the community might not happen without the money that Everton get from being in the Premier League. Yeah. And a lot of charitable organisations don't happen. And Liverpool, for as much as we slated them tonight, do quite a bit of work in the community themselves. So without all that Premier League money, it doesn't work. And to be fair to the Premier League and the coverage, it's a lot more analytical these days. And football fans are a lot more educated. And for as much as we moan about how much football's on the telly and moaning, moving kickoffs around or, or stuff like that, for an armchair fan, you get to see more footy, don't you? Yeah. And maybe for a match going fan, it's a bit of a nightmare getting to grounds at 8 o'clock on a Monday night, especially away grounds. You know, you have to take a day off work. It's a lot of money to get down there. And obviously, we now we have the £30 rule, but it, that was never the case for a long time. So I can see. I obviously see that that argument, but we could also argue that it's not that bad in the long run, especially for people like us who basically grew up on the Premier League. Yeah. I was only one in 1992 when the Premier League was formed, so I don't know any anything different. Yeah, if you know, like I don't know any, I didn't know what the what football league was like. I I don't remember every kickoff being Saturday at the three o'clock. So, you know, it's it's you could argue that the Premier League has, has not been all bad in. Yeah. Fairness, but Gary Neville sitting sitting in on the go club ownership. All right, he's made a new stadium and he's probably done a lot for the standing area of Salford. But he's basically took a team from the Northern Premier League to League Two in five years, and he's done it through financial doping. He's done the exact same thing that Manchester City have done. He's done the exact same thing that Chelsea have done. Chelsea financially doped themselves to a Champions League win. Yeah. Man City have financially doped themselves to what is it now four Premier League titles <laughs> since since they came in. So he can sit there and he can, although a lot of what he said was right, and I agree with everything he said. I think the lording of him in particular was a little bit crazy considering what how he's got his club to where it is. I've seen something like the average wage in League Two per player is twenty three grand a week with everyone else, and with Salford it's fifty five grand a week. It's like the pissing leagues, isn't it? Is that the wage bill? Is it the average. wage bill each club? Yeah, like no twenty per player, like twenty three grand per player, and Salford's was on average fifty five grand per player. Because he's brought in Peter Lim. Lim. Yeah, remember he tried to buy Liverpool. Peter Lim. Yeah, so he's minted. Yeah, Peter Lim tried to buy Liverpool when Hicks and Gillette were selling. There was Peter Lim. And um, Andy Walker, who used to play for Everton, was head, who used to play for um, Celtic, sorry, was heading the consortium that summer when we appointed Hodgson. And they were the two, they were serious about buying the club. And for some reason or other, they both pulled out. I, I can't remember why. I, I think they proved in the end that Peter Lynn didn't have the finance. And to be fair, it's probably been proven since because he bought Valencia, promised a new ground, and there's half a ground built in Valencia that he can't play in because he didn't have the money to finish it. So we probably dodged a bullet there, to be fair. They are probably going to get in the Premier League one day, to be fair to them, but it's just bankrolled, isn't it? So 
financially again like City financially dug the way to the top do you think the Super League was ever going to happen because your wife have now found this pot of cash that they're going to give the clubs more money and that to stay giving them more money to come back and stuff Um, do you think it was actually happening or do you think it was a power play like the big six of in this country along with the other clubs like 12 big clubs have got together and said we know what we're for you like let's get more money out of there and blag them with this or do you think it actually was a thing um, I, I think I, I'm sort of on the fence about it to be honest I think it, it could possibly be a power play because as you said it's worked out for them they got what they wanted they've yeah. got seeding and, and constant seeding between the 12 of them because let's face it those 12 clubs have probably got the highest UEFA coefficients anyway Yeah. So if one of those clubs drops out and more so for the English team because there's 6 of them and 6 doesn't go into 4 in Spain there's only Barcelona Real Madrid and Atletico every year in Italy, there's only Inter and Juventus. AC can get to fuck because they haven't been in the Champions League for fuck knows how long. They're yeah. probably getting it this year on merits and fair play to them. But their coefficients will be lower than fucking Leicester's, I'd imagine. Yeah. In Germany, there's only Bayern. So all the other clubs, even though Bayern weren't, I'm just using them as an example, all the other clubs, basically they're, they're fucking in it every year anyway. It's only really in England where that's going to happen because there's only four Champions League places and there's only six clubs and there's six clubs that want them. So one of the, two of those six clubs every year have to drop out somehow because yeah. it doesn't happen. And now you've got lads coming up like Leicester. West Ham are having a good... I don't know if sustainable. West Ham are going to be in that position, but they're there for now. Yeah. Everton are making serious fucking moves. And to be fair to Everton, I honestly think that they will be a force with the manager they've got, with the stadium that they're getting. The owners seem serious about investing in the team. And I think in a couple of years, Everton are going to be a serious threat to the top four. Um, and again, that's just my personal opinion. So it might be seven into four. Yeah. Now we're talking about we're talking about your way for coefficients. It's in England where that is really aimed at. So it's just and basically in, saying all the, the English can have six faces in a nice way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because apart from Dortmund, who are going to drop out this year and go and need Oakley because the shit, they're not very good this year at all. Everyone else is, they're all sewn up. They're all yeah. mainstays. They're all there every year. PSG, Bayern, Juve, Inter, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man City, United, Chelsea to an extent, Liverpool to an extent. Arsenal fucked off because the crap. Spurs are crap. But the others, they're all basically there. It's only in England where this is going to really take effect. Yeah. So in that sense, if it was a power play, it worked because it got exactly what they wanted. But doesn't doesn't there's a big part of me, Matty, that thinks that you don't go that far. You you don't go that far to risk it. Yeah. Just just to prove a point, just, just as a bargaining ship, you don't. And maybe I'm underestimating how much money these people have. You don't make a website. You don't make a logo. You don't come out publicly without checking your legal standing on things, yeah. without without consulting lawyers and seeing what your position is on getting pulled out of leagues or getting thrown out of competitions or your players being banned from competitions. And they said they expected all that. They said they were aware of what UEFA were going to throw at them. And I really do think that he did because I think this is, I think UEFA have had a sniff and UEFA have probably said, have floated the idea of this is what would happen if this would ever come to fruition. Because let's face it, Super League has been mooted for years. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that these new 
what would happen? That if they went to look with this, you would get kicked out of all UEFA competitions and the players would all get banned. And I, I, they've withdrawn from UEFA, the UEFA Clubs Association, which means that any club that does that can't play in UEFA competitions again. Like, that's they'll just take us back, though, won't they? I know, I know it's well, serious, but they'll just take us back, wouldn't they? They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll take us back and they'll probably bank on that. But to do that in the first place, to risk that, because that's a risk yeah. to think that they'll take us back. And Still, at fuck, this moment in time, we can't play in the Champions League or Europa League no, next year. Exactly. And it's a fucking huge risk to take, lad. That's a massive risk to take because not only is it bad for us, the fans, because we won't have, as it stands right now, we'll never see our team win a European Cup again. Yeah. So that weekend in Madrid that we all had, that'll never happen again as it stands. Yeah. And that's a huge risk. And you're probably right, they probably will take us back. I agree with that because you said that, you know, we're massive clubs and apparently they need us and they know that. But to do that, with no guarantee that that's the case, based it, bearing in mind that these are businessmen and they only work on guarantees. Scary, that, isn't it? That's a scary fucking thought to go through. You don't do any of this without certainty. Because the whole point of the Super League was certainty. To be yeah. certain that you'd be in it every year and to be certain that you get £350 million a year. And they named the bank that was giving them the money. They said JP Morgan was giving them the money. You don't pull an organisation like JP Morgan into something like this yeah. without absolute certainty that's going to happen. So there's part of me that thinks that they were deadly serious. This was real. And they fully planned on breaking away. So I, I think that that's my overriding that's my overriding feeling. This is that. I think we the only were, didn't break away because serious. of the Prem. I think honestly, the if the Prem would have been sound with it, I think they would have broke away. I don't think they're that bothered about the fans. I think they were more bothered about losing the English competition because they knew that that would then escalate the fans more. True, but they had the certainty in England because although the clubs couldn't throw them out the league, although they got threatened with players and being banned from competition and that by UEFA, again they'll have checked that they wouldn't have done this if that was the case. Yeah. There's no way they would have done this if that was the case because. And you wait for the full of shite in that sense, and FIFA are full of shite because they, they would never abandon the players. They need the players. They want the best players at your competition, so there's no way they would have done that. But and, and I think they knew that, and I think they checked legally on that as well. And the clubs couldn't have voted those six clubs out because they need a 75% majority, which means they need 15 clubs. There was only 14 of them. So the clubs were impotent. They were powerless. There was nothing they could do. They knew they had it over the clubs. I honestly think they were, they were deadly serious about this. They were absolutely serious about it. And I think eventually the aim of it was to pull the 20 or 30 biggest teams from the biggest leagues in Europe and pull them out and make a European, domestic, sort of European weekly domestic league where we play each other every week and it is a closed shop. And eventually we have that American system of a draft system where we can just buy players off each other for free, and, but we buy our draft picks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, 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 I Again, I know I'm going off tangent, but I just want to make another point. Man City own nine clubs worldwide. And I, I know this is sort of irrelevant to the to what we've just been talking about, but it's a point of how serious they were and how much they don't give a shit. Man City own, City Football Group own nine clubs worldwide across across every continent, really. Now, if the fans would have stopped going in Manchester and there was no appetite for it, 
and everyone took a stand against Manchester City, what they would have done, and this is the ultimate aim of the, of the Super League, I think, was to make a worldwide league, what they would have done was basically picked those players up, that management up, and moved them to another City group football club. Now, if you look at the, NS- the NFL, look at the Raiders in the NFL, the Raiders have just, I think it's the Raiders, just been moved to Las Vegas. Yeah. Because in Oakland, in Oakland, there's no appetite for it. No one wants it. So the NFL moved that franchise, dragged it, dropped it in Vegas. And now they are the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I honestly think that the ultimate aim of the Super League was to become a FIFA-endorsed league. And this is why FIFA was sort of passive about it, because they wanted to be on the right side of history. They wanted to look like they were doing the right thing and standing up against these clubs, but they also wanted to capitalise and make that world league that they want, really. They want it to be a world game. They want a world league, including the likes of Boca Juniors and River Plate and maybe a couple of Asian sides, whoever they may be, and Australian sides, and we have a world domestic league. And I I, I honestly think that that's what these clubs were going to do. They were going to buy up clubs and franchise them and make a city football group where if it's no appetite for it in one place, just move it. And move them to another place and where there is appetite for it. So we pick Liverpool up. We pick Liverpool Redbirds up. Move we move to. them to, let's say, fucking Mumbai and they become Mumbai Redbirds. And then the likes of Virgil van Dijk and Alisson and Jordan Anderson then play for Mumbai Redbirds. And Jürgen Klopp is the manager of Mumbai Redbirds yeah. and no longer Liverpool. Just come out then as well. Uh, the Premier League has asked the big six to remove themselves from the committee. So they have no power now. Yeah. So that's the that's the beginning of the end for them, isn't it? I don't I, again. I don't know how democratic that is. I don't know if you can do that. To be fair, because they need some form of, some form of representation. I don't know if there's any way you can sort of like strip them of of rights in some way. I, yeah. I just don't know if it's right that you remove them from the committee. But the fact again, they've asked them, I think they can't remove them. They've asked them to step down, so yeah, it's just the clubs are just going to say nah. <laughs> yeah, don't know what they should do. Next meeting they have, no one invite them. Yeah. You organise behind the backs, just fucking no one invite them. It's like having a big house party and leaving out that one annoying mate in it. <laughs> I'll tell him I'm having a party, lad. <laughs> it's been uh, been trending on Twitter today of John Henry Bowser's Mbappe. All is forgiven. What's your stance on that? That's the problem. <laughs> people like that are the problem. And people, Matty, this is infuriating. People like that are exactly why they thought they could get away with it. Because yeah. people like that are the FIFA generation. They're the fans that they're trying to engage. The people who support the players and not the club. The yeah. people who are see these players on FIFA with an 89 fucking rating or whatever it is, don't play FIFA, it's shit. But you see these, see these ratings on FIFA and, and, they, and they're great players just because they're rated 89 on FIFA. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's the problem, is that I I honestly have a feeling we'll go out and get, or they'll, they'll if we went out and bought Mbappe in the summer, that that would appease some people. And yeah. it's not. It's not right. It's not what we want. And it's not what we are our owners to do anyway. I don't want them to go out and buy players for £160 million. For as much as they haven't invested in the team lately, I actually quite like that we've done it on a shoestring, that we are as successful as we are based on selling. using our net spend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All right, if you want to call it a selling club, then so be it. 
But I quite like that we sold Coutinho for 140 million, and with that money went out and bought Allison and Van Dijk, and that they were the miss- they were the missing pieces. Yeah, I quite like that we only get 40 million pound a year to spend on transfers, and we have to make the rest ourselves. And that we've been so successful in doing that, I think that's a really good a really good story, and it's a sustainable business model. Yeah, I think that's really that, that again from a business point of view, that's something that clubs should look up to. What I don't want them to go out and start splurging on Haaland or Mbappe or whoever the fucking next flavour of the month is <laughs> just to appease some fans on Twitter because then that proves them right, doesn't it? Yeah. It proves what they, what they wanted, right? That the FIFA generation will be happy if we just go out and sign this this fella. That's not what anyone wants. Let's yeah. go out and unearth the next Mbappe. Let's yeah. go and pay buttons and turn some kid into a star. Let's give Harvey Elliott a chance. Let's give Curtis Jones a chance. Let's give a Rian Booster a proper chance. Would like, you yeah, take that over what we've had in recent years? Like giving more kids a chance, keeping this business model, not investing, like being like a sell to buy club sort of thing and not winning something every year, but still being there or thereabout, but seeing our own progress through like Curtis and like Harvey Elliott. Yeah, because that's what football's about, though, isn't it, Matty? This, this is the point that everyone's been making over the past few days, is that's what sport is. You're yeah. not going to be successful every year. You're not going to be top of the league every year. But if, if you want to be, you've got to earn it. And it's so much more satisfying when you do earn it. Yeah. And I'd much rather see a team of 11 scousers. And for as much as I love the, the big players we've got, and as much as I love Jordan Henderson, I'd rather see 11 cents Alexander-Arnold on the pitch. I'd yeah. rather see 11 Scousers pull on a Liverpool shirt pulled from fields like the Reggie Smith in Netherley or from the Shankleys or from, you know, off Clubmore or off the Civ or the Geoffrey Humble or whatever it, wherever they come from. And those kids dream of playing for this club. And that's, the, that's their dream. That's what they want. My dream, I was shite. My dream was just to go to a European Cup final. I just wanted to see <laughs> Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they, these kids out there in this city and if you watch football in the city on any given Sunday morning, you will see top quality players at every age, on every level, who could have or can still make it. They just need a chance. Yeah. I'd rather just go out and get a kid like that from one of those fields and give them a proper chance, nurture them properly, bring them through. I've scout blood in the team. I've the, 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 the club running through them as opposed to going and spending 150 million and half a million wages a week on Erling Haaland just because as the agent's been prostituting himself around Europe trying to find the highest bidder like he's he's selling on fucking eBay. Yeah. That's not right. That's not what football is. It's not what we want it to be. Scrap agent fees altogether. What's the point? I don't understand why a club can't just ring a player and say do you want to come here? I will offer you this. What, what's the point in the middle, man? Scrap them all together. Exactly. They're not needed. The leeches. Yeah. They, they come in and they charge astronomical fees. And what did he do? He organised a contract. He negotiated. Can't that player organise his own contract? Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, didn't he? Didn't he used analysts. Kevin De Bruyne used analysts to show how worthy he was to the Manchester City team. Didn't use any agents. Used all data to prove where City would be without him to get his new contract. I guarantee if you got rid of agents, you would see the players that want it. Players like De Bruyne, who are willing to do it all themselves, who are willing to 
all right, he paid out of his own pocket, willing to pay out their own pocket to prove how important they are to the team and to prove where that club is going. Yeah. And you know what? There's, he's probably he's getting three hundred and fifty grand a week now, Kevin De Bruyne, which is fucking silly money. And he probably could have went for seventy plus million again, which is silly money. But fair play to him for going out and not checking how much money he's going to earn over the next few years, but checking how many trophies he's going to have in his cabinet when he when he retires, and the probability of that happening. And this, they're players you want at your club. They're the players you want at your club who are willing to go off their own back and and do background checks on your club. You don't want players at your club that want the highest amount of money that are sending the agents around Europe to try and to try and find who's going to give me the most. You want players at your club who are willing to do, to, who are willing to critique you, who are willing to see what you've got to offer yeah. on the pitch, not the other way around. Before we go, then um, Chelsea drop points to Brighton yesterday, uh, so that mm-hmm. makes Newcastle a must win now, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes Newcastle must win. I mean, Newcastle having a little bit of a mini revival at the minute, aren't they? As well, and the way we've been in Anfield lately, yeah. it's. Um, well, the past few months, apart from that Aston Villa game, it's it's we we've, we've been a bit touchy. I think um, with it, we've been fucked over on Monday with what was going on. I don't. It was in. I honestly think it was in the players' heads. Well, I don't think so, they even meant to remove the banners off the cops. That could go in the players' heads as well, couldn't it? Well, they've said today that they're not going to do that. Fine, cop. So. They're going to leave. They're going to leave the um, the banners on the cop, which I think is the right thing to do because I agree with Klopp. To be fair, the players Klopp are not players, wrong. Yeah. Shit like that just it's it, it's a sign of withdrawal of the support from the players more than anything. Um, but I, I think that on there's going to be a protest at the ground on Saturday, and I hope it doesn't get through to the players. I I think the right the right way to do this protest now on Saturday, if there is going to be one, is you stand the opposite side of the ground from where the players come in, yeah. and the players don't see it. And maybe you stand outside the Kenny, or you stand outside the you know outside the, the cop or something. Don't stand outside the main stand where the players are going to come in. Don't let them see it. Don't have it in the heads. They'll yeah, probably so see it on tech anyway, but don't don't make it visceral in front of them and real. You know, just let them concentrate on the football. We are, you know, as as it stands, we can't play in Europe next season, which is sad. But there's a very real possibility we'll be allowed to if we qualify. Yeah. So, we need to, but we need to qualify first. We need to earn it, and we need to win football matches. And all right, we've missed a massive opportunity this week on Monday. If we the one, we went fourth. Yeah, we need to put that right now. We need, we need us as fans need to just get behind the team for now, and Chelsea we'll deal with play, all the efforts. Chelsea play West Ham this weekend as well. There you go. So that's a showdown. So, but even if West Ham, if Chelsea win, they'll go fourth. If West Ham draw, they'll stay fourth. Yeah. So we sort of lose lose for us that game in a way. It's it's. With Leicester losing as well, there's two positions up for grabs now. Ultimately, isn't there? Like, I feel yeah. like Leicester being dragged back into that top four race now. I think they're only a point ahead of West Ham. Yeah. To be fair, when they're three points clear of Chelsea. So I know I've just said we need to vote. We basically need to vote with our feet and just fuck the fuck the owners off and that. But at the same time, the players need our support. We want them to get into Europe because at the end of the day, we're still Liverpool fans. As much as it sickens us now that it benefits the country at the top, we, we need it benefits us as well. So they need our support, and I just think on Saturday we for the rest of the season to let it go for now. For now, yeah. we don't let it go overall. But it's for the benefits of the players, what they've had to put up with the past twenty four hours, and we owe them as well because they stuck with us. 
And I feel like we just need to sort of put it to one side for Saturday at least, park it. We'll do our campaign between match days and we just give them as much support as we can. Because Saturday, every game between now, the next six games are big games for us. We need to win them. And I think Newcastle have got a couple of injuries. St. Maximan looks like he's in belter form. Yeah. Um, and we've come and stuck around. So we need to really start looking at stuff on the pitch for, for, for Saturday and it's a massive game. I mean, St. Maximum against Nat Phillips and Kabak's going to be going to be interesting, I think, but... No, oh, dude, they'll, they'll be sound. He's been bossed. Yeah, I know they've been bossed. It's just pace-wise, isn't it? Like, that's the only thing that scares me. The finishes junior shown with a pace how much they can destroy us in the Champions League. So, that's the only thing that worries me. Right? I, I, I want to sign Kabak. Anyone who says not to buy him, I think's mad. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a little conversation with Kabak after the City game, didn't we? Yeah. And I think we all accepted after that City game that it was probably, it wasn't going to happen for him. But to be fair, since then, he's, he's, I think the best thing about him, I heard somewhere the other day, he's like, he sold his house in, in Germany. Like, he's, com- he's completely just like, I'm I'm off. To, I know I'm only on loan, but I've moved to Liverpool, by. Do you know what I mean? Even and like that statement though, yesterday, Dean, Joe, with what the players done, the fact he done it, ultimately going against an employer who he wants to buy him this summer. Yeah. I think he's one of the bravest people in the squad to do it. Probably is. Imagine going for a job interview and then going on Twitter and taking the piss out of the employer. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're applying to, you're well, applying to work for. It. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I think that's a massive statement in itself that he was willing to do that. At the same time, he couldn't not, could he? The whole yeah. fucking squad doing it. But I, I agree. I completely agree. I hope we buy Kabak in the summer. It looks, I heard, I seen somewhere today that Ibrahim Akonate is definitely signing. It's meant to be announced um, on May 1st next week. Yeah, he's meant to be announced next week for 31 million. Um, he's But, uh, you know, he's got his injuries apparently as well. Um, not so as, as not much the... that many, you know, if you look at it. It's injuries he's had in times he's missed. He hasn't missed any games, really. He's always been available uh, for games. He's missed, like, internationals and that, but he's really, he's really the last about them. Well, he's a young lad as well, isn't he? So yeah. he, he's, I think he's only 21, 22, so he's probably got enough time to recover from this, this little injury problem. Messi had a lot of injury. I'm not comparing him to Messi, by the way. But <laughs> using it as an example, Messi had a lot of injuries early in his career. Yeah. So, may, you know, maybe it will... May, maybe he'll have time to recuperate from it. But I'd rather just sign Kabach. I mean, he's proven it now. I think you get him cheaper now as well. They got relegated yesterday. Yeah. So I think you, but, get, you get him for a lot cheaper. I think we've got a set price, though. We have an agreement in place that we can buy him for eighteen and a half million. So I think that's a set price. If if Michael Edwards can pull off some magic here and get him for a little bit cheaper, just because Schalke have gone down, but I will probably end up signing for two million. No, Michael Edwards. Two and, million, but, or, Fred or something. Yeah, two two million and fucking John Henry in exchange. <laughs> Partex and John Henry, but I I, I think Kabak's been a revelation. To be fair, he, there's a lot about him that looks very Van Dyke. Yeah, like just just the way he saunters on the pitch, just the way he fucking isn't he, he doesn't slide tackle, he hardly tackles, he intercepts. Yeah, and he, he doesn't he intercepts dribbles as much as he intercepts passes. Like a player will just dribble into him, and he'll just step across, nick the ball, and off we go. The one against Wolves where the lads running to clear against against Wolves, and he just steps to the side, lets him go onto his weaker foot, and then when the opportunity's there, he accelerates and pokes the ball away. That was very Van Dijk. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to be very impressed about with those. He's going to get better learning from Van Dijk as well as he comes back, isn't 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's gone on record to saying he can't wait to play with Van Dijk. It's his favourite player, yeah. Yeah, so fair play to him. I hope we do sign him. But this, I don't know about this Kanate. I, as for, I do watch a lot of German football, but I actually haven't seen a lot of, of Kanate, yeah. to be honest. And I think if Kanate sign and, and we're going to get Kabach, then that signals that one of the lads who were injured are on the way out. Probably and massive, isn't it? Probably massive, yeah. And poor Nat Phillips as well, for as, as well as he's done. Do you know what, though, with Phillips, I'm not bothered if he goes... I, I half won him. He's not going to make it at Liverpool, but for what he's done for us, he's put himself in the shot window and he's a decent centre-half. Like, I want him to go and do well in a Premier League side. It's like what Conor Cody's done. He's given us also a club for all these years. Like, I wouldn't be bothered if Nat Phillips goes to... Norwich or Burnley if they sell Ben Mee or something or Tarvaski like I wouldn't be bothered I'd be made up to see him actually doing well this just seems like a genuine seems like a proper footballer doesn't he yeah absolutely and it, it seems like a proper old school centre half but then I think letting him go for free is is silly in a way because I think they'll be close willing to buy I think he's still got a year on his deal, you know. I think we can still sell I thought, him in the summer. I guess it was done in the summer. I thought no, he was when he came back for the Everton game, he got like an extension or something. I've seen loads well on Twitter. And when mm. he went back to Stuttgart, he had an extension, so he's still got one year left. All right. Well, I hope that's the case then, because I think he deserves another year, to be fair, and then maybe sell him in next January or something. Even if it's, I don't even care how much it's for. I just yeah. think it's mad letting a player go who's in Delta form, letting him go for free. Yeah. So I think I think you know if if we were to sell him, he's because not going to get into the squad once everyone's fit. Once Gomez and Van Dijk are back, Matip will probably leave. And once those two are back, and we sign Kanate and we sign Kabach, we're probably not going to get into the squad, is he? So, but he's done enough to put him, as you said, put himself in the shot window over the past six months. Where even if he didn't play at all next season, this six months has shown what he can do, and we sell him for say two or three million, which is fair enough. So, fair um. Yeah, and, and we pay come off the academy, so we pay not for them, so it makes sense. Um, so I I completely I'm completely for signing Kabach. Don't know about Kanate. Uh, Phillips is probably going to leave. Matt is probably going to leave. Get Van Dijk and Gomez back and FSG out. <laughs> That's the way we leave it. Before we go, though, what do you reckon? What score against Newcastle? Uh, two 0 Two 0 the Reds. To the Reds, yeah. Clean sheet at Anfield. Oh, yeah, let's get on a roll at some point like, let's get a clean sheet finally <laughs> if you watched on YouTube don't forget to give a like rate and subscribe and all that uh, we've been Redscast and nice one for watching